0: Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology and community. Here's your
1: host, Stuart McIntyre. Hmm. Except Stuart is not here this week. Episode 46. Dude, is Domino still red? Dude...
2: This show is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. You can find this and other tech-related podcasts at techpodcast.com. This week in Lotus is sponsored by Audible, the destination for the widest selection of digital audiobooks available worldwide. Want to be well-read like Duffer, but just can't spare the time to read books on paper? Take an audiobook on your commute or whilst walking instead. We've got a special offer for you. Download and listen to a best-selling book every month for just $7.49 a month for the first three months, and you can cancel at any time. Pick from over 85,000 audiobooks from business to classics to sci-fi or comedy. Go to thisweekinlotus.com slash audible for all the details. Hi, Warren Ellsmore here, and I'd like to tell you about the UK Lotus User Group. This year, the largest Lotus event in the UK will be held in Manchester on the 23rd
0: and 24th of May. As always, we'll have a great lineup of speakers from the IBM community, giving you some of the best administration, development and management information out there. We're also really pleased to be supported by some of the best Lotus Partner solutions as well. Attendance at the UKLug event is free thanks to the generous support of these companies. So, if you'd like to attend UKLug, put forward a speaker
2: session or sponsor the event, please take a look at www.uklug.info and we'll look forward to seeing you in May.
1: Hello, everybody. My name is Darren Duke, and welcome to episode 46 of This Week in Lotus. Uh, as you hopefully all have realized by now, Stuart McIntyre is on vacation for a few weeks, so you are stuck with me being the instigator of, of the podcast over the next two weeks. Hopefully, um, the quality of the guests will far outweigh my degradation of quality for pre-production of this episode but anyway um, as normal when one of us goes on vacation and by that I mean Stuart because I've never had a vacation. We ask a guest host on to help for the next couple of shows and this vacation sequence it is a gentleman called Matt Newman who is in Australia right now so this is a very very early morning for him. Uh, Welcome Mr. Matt Newman how are you? Good morning, Yellowverse <laughs>
3: That's a lot of coffee, dude. Oh uh, mate, I'm up and at and ready for another exciting feature and fun pack twill.
1: So what time is it in Australia right now? Uh it's just hit six AM, so it's not that bad. Oh, that's not that bad. That's about what... yeah, it's we do it not don't. like a tom duff 4 a.m. <laughs> that's right i think tom still owns the the record i think him and maybe bruce but i think bruce balked on his early ones so tom still reigns there we go um so for the people who don't know you uh do you want to tell us a bit about yourself while you've got a captive audience
3: captive audience well i could respond with the standard i do notes but to expand on that a little bit um, I run education at Australian IBM Premier Business Partner ISW. So we're involved with customers all over Southeast Asia. Uh, we work right across the IBM software stacks, so everything from uh, connections and rational and Tivoli and of course Lotus. If there's anything that you need to do with IBM software, we are one of the guys that can do it for you and we can do it very well.
1: Well, welcome and thank you for being the host. Not only was uh, Matt the host, I like to give credit where credit's due. Uh, Matt actually pretty much set up the guest list and the agenda for all of us, which is usually what Stuart does. So I'm at a complete loss when Stuart goes away. So, so thank you for that, Matt. Um, and we're gonna kind of have a nomenclature uh, Matt Newman is famous for the yellow suit at Lotusphere, and we have two Matts on the call today. So we're going to call uh, Matt Newman, Matt Yellow, and one of our guests today is you a Matt, Matt White. Hey, Matt White, how are you?
0: Hey there, Darren. How are you doing?
1: I am I'm, fantastic. How are you?
0: I'm very good, thanks.
1: But I'm, I, I actually have to say I'm fantastic. It's actually part of my contract. I can't ever. <laughs> <do it. laughs> um, so for those who I. Oops, that was squeaky. Um, For those who don't know you, which there must be like zero people in the yellow verse by now, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself?
0: Um, Sure. Uh, I'm sort of lead a schizophrenic life where I've got three hats that I wear at different times of the year, and I'm sort of I'm lead developer at Elgugi Software. Uh, I run xpages101.net, which is a video training site for xPages. And I'm also uh, one of the founding consultants of the London Developer Co-op with uh, Ben Poole, Julian Woodward, Mark Myers, and others.
1: I've always wondered who the and of a Zach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we've, we've got some guys who uh, do less Lotus stuff. So actually, we've got um, Rob, Rob Wills, who's, who does Lotus things, and then ERP-type work. And uh, some other mainframe guys and bits and pieces like that. So we've got some testers and things like that as well.
1: Testing? What? What? What is this? I know.
0: I know. It's shocking for oh, a developer God. to do testing, but there we go. <laughs> so,
1: wait, this for? That's what production servers are for. <laughs> so, so you will be aforementioned no, uh, noted as Matt White from this point on, and we'll call Matt Newman Matt Yellow. Um, I... all, also with us today is Mr. David Leedy um, of the famous Notes in Nine series. Mr. David Leedy, how are you?
4: very well how are you doing Darren?
1: I am doing fine thank you so again you you are mr. famous in these here parts so for the one or two people that have staggered on this
4: podcast for, 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 for new and new and don't know you do you want to tell us a bit about yourself uh, sure I don't know how famous I am but uh, I, I'm a a notes developer who who it's kind of unusual because I'm actually a customer I, I've been a corporate developer since I don't know ninety four or something like that and and what I do uh in my spare time is I do this no to nine screencast, which is, uh, kind of in the similar vein as, as, as Matt's screencast, though, uh, uh, his are shows are a little more detailed than mine. Uh, typically it probably more interesting because of his accent. Um, so <laughs> I, I do that. I put together a, a, a free two hour jumpstart as part of that screencast series, um, on, on X TV. And I also, uh, compiled a, a cheat sheet for, for, it kind of was a big hit in Lotus Sphere, this X Pages cheat sheet, which can be found at xpagescheatcheat.com.
1: And it is excellent. Uh, we had a mountain full of them at the Atlog X Pages event uh, last week in Atlanta, and uh, you, you would think you would never be able to get another X Pages cheat sheet ever, <laughs> the amount of stabbings and shootings that occurred for people trying to get hold of them.
4: They, they are downloadable as well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, so welcome everyone. Again, thanks for your time and thanks for Matt Yellow for, for setting all us up. So I know when uh, Matt and myself were talking and going backwards and forwards about what we wanted to talk about, um, the, the whole conversation about rapid application development, which stemmed from Jake's post a couple of weeks ago, had just popped up. And a couple of emails backwards and forwards and Matt Yellow had decided, let's get a couple of the X pages gurus, Mr. Dave Leedy, Mr. Matt White, on, on the roundtable to have a discussion about... You know, is, is, is RAD relevant? Is it? Does it have a place? Does it really matter? Is, is the D just for demo instead of development? So let's just open up a conversation. And, and, and Matt Yellow, because you kind of instigated this, what do you think RAD means these days? Rapid Application Development. It's a nice little
3: acronym, but does it really mean anything? So the reason that I wanted to get Matt Yellow White and Dave in on this call is just to have that discussion because I don't think that RAD, especially in a corporate environment, is that attractive to anyone. So, having our little five minute wars between one another to see who can do something on a particular technology within a five minute time frame is that actually relevant? Does it mean anything? And here we have a couple of really great experts who are good at demonstrating this stuff in five minutes to have a chat about it. Matt White, what do you think about RAD?
0: Um, I think RAD itself is just a, a, a management process. It's, it's not really anything to do with technology. It's a project management tool. Um, So there's any number of rad uh, methodologies like uh, um, Scrum or Agile or uh, any of those types of things which became buzzwords sort of five or six years ago. Um, And I think you're right that in large enterprises, they were jumped on by managers as the sort of the panacea for uh, uh, getting deliveries done on time and that sort of thing. But uh, in terms of tying it to a specific technology, I think um rad rad as a sort of a an umbrella term actually doesn't mean an enormous amount um what i do think is important though is that i over the years i've been in in inverted commas, uh, competition with um, various other technologies where we're being asked to effectively bid for a a project internally in a company. And the speed of development for a particular technology often comes into play at that point. And from, from a Domino Classic point of view, It was always a really useful thing to be able to say, look, we can get stuff done in three months rather than six or or whatever time frame that was. Obviously, the five minutes thing doesn't really enter into that side of things.
3: Dave Leedy.
4: Well, I mean, let, let, me give, let me give you an example, I guess. Uh, at, at the day job, you know, I'm a, a corporate developer, and I work with Notes Client app, a, a particular Notes Client app that we use for inventory, tracking, and shipping, and things like that, and that's basically my world, and it's destined to turn into an Pages app just to get it on the web. Uh, I've been asked by uh, my main user or business user, I guess, on several occasions to add some features that are lacking in the system that that they need rather quickly and some of those features just really weren't possible uh, to to do a good job in the notes client so what I did in a very rapid uh, process is is put together a small little like a web page with with a couple tools on to do Several of these features, whether they're printing, whether it's it's trying to use this data in a more relational way, uh, that's a little difficult to do to do in the Notes client, and then I was able to do that in a very rapid function or a rapid application you know environment. Now I wouldn't say it's the most robust implementation yet that I'd want to roll out to 500 users, but it's a good start where on uh, in, in a limited case that I could provide a solution very quickly. Sometimes even you know the same day. That they've been lacking for for many months. Um, now, I'd like to slow down and and clean it up before it gets published to more users. But th- the fact of the matter is that there is a call for rapid development to meet the needs of your your business processes.
3: So, Matt White, you spoke about um, large enterprise, the framework that they're actually working in here in australia we've got it's an interesting statistic 89.1 percent of all businesses in australia are small businesses and i know that we've got quite a lot of customers who fall into that very small business category we're talking less than 50 users so obviously having something that is capable of developing an application quickly and getting it out to your users is attractive to a small business from a cost perspective what do you guys think about that
0: i mean i would say that's that's absolutely right Uh, my experience with notes and domino in the uk is that there's not that small business community using notes and domino just because as much as anything, I don't think from IBM's point of view they they think of small businesses as being 50 users. I think they, they think it's a thousand plus. No. <laughs> uh, but in in terms of um, getting things done quickly in a small company, absolutely. But you could equally equally get something out the door with Ruby on Rails or Grails or any number of other frameworks. Um, Domino in and of itself is not going to necessarily make things faster for you. If if you've got the infrastructure there, then you might as well use it is always my, my argument. That's that's really uh, where I come from on that side of things. Interestingly, I from because I've got these two sort of three hats, what my other hat is an ISV where we develop uh, Idea Jam and IQ Jam and sell them into largely large enterprises or governments and sort of relatively um, big installations of notes and domino. When we started out there we actually had we were doing this, this whole rad sort of uh, Web 2.0 release cycle where we were putting out releases very, very frequently and almost once a month at one point. And we, we actually had to dial consciously dial that right back. So we, we maybe only do three or, or to push four releases in a year now because companies can't keep up with that release cycle of keeping things up to date that quickly.
1: And isn't, isn't that also a symptom of maybe what got notes in to a predicament inside of organizations already. I remember back in the QMRs, the quarterly maintenance releases, right? No one ever did them. And, you know, before you know it, you're through 6.5, you're through 7, seven, one, seven or two 7.0, or or seven or 4, right? And nothing changed. And that was probably a five- or six-year release cycle. So you go from quarterly maintenance fixes to literally nothing except maybe once a year. And, and isn't that a difference? And, and isn't that rad isn't it contextual the same way as as these updates are contextual but it depends on the size of a business you're in or the size of the problem you're looking at
0: it it does And, and actually um that that whole historical model of the qmrs and people not really bothering with them has really changed now because ibm have gone to a to a rad development methodology with agile and they're actually putting features out in in dot releases now so keeping up with the the 8.5.2.fixpack2 or whatever uh, is actually an important thing these days because specifically because they're development methodology.
1: So, so this is my question for you, Matt. Matt Yellow is I, I, we're in the same position in America. I think the, the number was 70% of businesses have 50 employees or less. So this is a vast market that that's being ignored by the likes of IBM. We, we all know an an IBM mid-market customer is probably 25,000 seats. To me, a mid-market customer is 500 seats, right? That's a big customer. So yeah, we're, that... we're, we're kind of in different ends of a pond. And isn't the problem that historically, domino applications have been very fast, you know, what what – I could get something useful up in four hours. I could get something nice looking in a week, and I could get something really, really polished and good in a, in a month or two. So, do our enter, enterprises, and by enterprises, I mean the IBM, what they would consider enterprises, Coca Cola, Home Depot, take your pick. The enterprises really see the value in that when they're talking about these multi million and billion dollar IT budgets that they've got to spend.
3: I I don't think that that's where the technology is actually a huge consideration. When you're talking about a million dollar, well, sorry, multi-million dollar project, does it really matter what the underlying technology is? Whereas when we go into a small business, and let's say that that small business is between one and 500 seats, When you start talking about Domino as an integrated environment, and we never walk into a new site and start talking about this will be your email program. As soon as you start talking to an organisation about here is Domino and it's all about the apps and it's a great platform and everything is integrated together and it all just works. Oh, and by the way, it's now on the internet. That's one of the great things about this particular platform and when you're going into a small organisation and you're talking about being able to do these development cycles within a month and as you said, putting out a polished app that can virtually run the organisation, that can integrate with their ERP systems, that can talk to whatever directory they've currently got implemented, and start sharing the information across the organization within a very short time frame, then you're starting to get small businesses excited about the potential of the technology. And that's personally where I think IBM has actually missed the boat or missing the boat on where Domino
1: could actually be positioned in the marketplace. So, so David, Karnowski, if that's how you pronounce it I always get it wrong Zarnowski and and plus this is twill so we have always got to pronounce at least some name wrong right that's that's <laughs> our thing um so so you know John Rowling your is, is he your boss he's my boss okay yeah. your boss was, was was very vocal a few months ago about saying look I, I've built this stellar crew and, and he has right the, the the trilogy of 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 the developers out there that the, they're all top notch um very famous all in their own rights and, and what I liked about his approach is he said, look, we, we, we take the best fit for whatever we're doing. Like, we may not necessarily build a CRM out of notes, but if we can integrate some of the CRM functionality in and out of notes back to, I think you guys may be on salesforce.com, but I'm not sure about that.
4: I think so. I, okay. I really haven't seen it.
1: And what I liked about that was his pragmatic approach and saying, look, forget the rad, what problem does this solve and how quickly can I solve the problem with it and is this the best tool for the job and it might not be but is there a better one that can do it faster better quicker or cheaper and that's what I liked about what what, what John had said and so how how do you see because obviously you work in that environment Is, is 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 that kind of the reality
4: are you plugging in other technologies when they see fit? I I think so. Um, I mean I mean the, the the three of us. I mean Declan is obviously the the the, the biggest gun we have, and and he's doing uh, some amazing things with X Pages. We have another great guy Mike McGurl, who who is do who's done all the classic Domino stuff uh, and and converting over to X Pages. And, and then me I'm kind of like the Notes client guy trying to get this app in, into the X Pages world. So so X Pages is, is our is our kind of development platform of choice but it's not our sole platform and and, and we use things like Basecamp and Salesforce.com uh, where we're looking at integrating barcode scanners into uh, our environment which which probably won't be totally done in X pages because we're gonna need offline capabilities so we have to look at the, the best tool set for there uh, and that's what it's about it's just, it's I mean the, the tools are, are are not as relevant from you know how fast can you do it in this one or the other? It's just what's the best tool for the job that that you know how to use. I mean, any any tool you can program fast with, and and you may get a, a good result or you may get a bad result, whether it's Domino or whether it's whether it's uh, you know a Grails or Ruby or so. But do you know how to use it? Do you have the skill to maintain it? And and is it the best fit for the solution that you're trying to provide to the business?
1: Well, and and, and I think that may be what maybe got. Classic Lotus Notes development in the R4 is a bit into trouble, right? It was it was the golden nail, and when you've got a golden nail, you use a golden hammer to whack it everywhere you can. And, well, and so we we got this problem of, of of Lotus Notes having a bad rap for kind of what I would consider crap applications. Well, there, there there's which,
4: I, I have two thoughts on that. One is is the the, the thing with the rad rad development, which a lot of original Lotus Notes programs were. Is is it's very quick, and, and especially in Lotus Notes, it's very easy to come up with a, a a prototype, and 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 or an unfinished application, and now you're doing something, but, but it's it's out in the user's hands as a prototype, and now it becomes production, and it it's really not a production app; it should be rewritten or cleaned up or so. And that never happens. It's there, it's working. Now you move on to the next thing. So that that is, I, I think, the number one thing that really kind of put the bad you know, taste in the mouth over some of the original Lotus Notes applications. They're out there and they're usable and they're working. They're providing a service and a solution, but it could have been done better. You mean that a couple of users were actually let loose
3: on a design client or even better, way back in the notes four days, all you needed to do was have access to, sorry, design in the ACL. You got the twisty for the design elements and away you went modifying the application directly within
4: yeah. the notes client,
1: and i still yeah. have a lot of customers that use applications that they've built their business on with that
4: yeah and that's that's just how it was done and and that mentality i think has survived and and i i think that the the second kind of problem that the notes world has uh from the developers is has been ibm's commitment to rip and replace or to or to backwards compatibility and, and how there was there's never been a rip and replace. So I think some Lotus Notes developers kind of I don't know if I, I, what the right term is maybe it's stagnant, but they they just kind of stopped learning or, or have been afraid of learning new things like the JavaScript and Java of the world. And and you know I was kind of one of them for a long time until uh, XPages came along. And and in the other platforms there is a lot more of change because there is no promise of backwards compatibility. So so they're kind of used to, you know, oh, what's new? What's, what's the latest technology to, to embrace?
3: So is that where you think that a lot of people, even though there are a lot of people inside the yellow community, are embracing X pages and jumping up and down and screaming about how, what a great technology this is? But because we've got all these kids out there looking for the next coolest thing, they're not necessarily going to see an old platform like Domino as a cool, new, rapid application development environment.
4: Yeah, I think they're going to miss the boat on that. Uh, if they don't know what XPages is and what that brings to it, and then they just know what Domino has been or used to be or, or don't really understand the concepts, then you know, then Domino won't even be you know, you know, a candidate for a tool that, that you might want to use. Well,
1: and and that's that's the crooks. It's not that the kids will not know that it's a modern development tool. It's that the kids just don't know it exists. Period. Right.
3: Sorry, Darren, you're not suggesting that a certain company has
1: a problem distributing knowledge about their products. And not not for me to say any different, but yes.
0: <laughs> so, certainly not to universities
1: yeah i mean the universities don't even know about the university access program which you know is available to some of them and you know the, the problem here is that all of these big vendors have their own university access programs and you're going to go with whoever sends out the reps 12 times a week it's it's the same as a sales cycle and, and you know there's got to be some skin in the game from from all levels and you know, universities may be a bit of a hard sell because they always like to be on the cutting edge and like to be doing, you know, weird stuff anyway. So, you know, I think they're more likely to end up breaking what we would consider the the enterprise IT stuff. You know, I, if you go to university, you'd be interested to in see how many kids are in Firefox 4, for example. My guess is you know, probably a lot of them right now. And and how much stuff would that intrinsically break in a quote unquote real enterprise situation? Be it IBM or be it Microsoft or be it something else. But my my, my point is is you know I don't think coolness is maybe a selling point for these kids. It's more like knowing that it actually exists.
0: Well, strangely uh, the the converse is true in some enterprises I've worked at where we've actually developed a Domino application and. Explicitly hidden the words Lotus Domino in the project <laughs> and called it an IBM uh, running on Java application, <laughs> just just to get it approved, basically because there's this stigma associated with Domino.
1: Yeah, and and this goes back to, to the name changes, you know, I'd say 50% of the organisations I walk in have a negative perception. 50% of it have zero perception. You know, there while there are some proponents of it. In, in places I occasionally walk in, you know, they're few and far between. And and the question has got to be why? Why does it have such a bad rep? And, and why should we be shocked that I can do, or someone else, Dave, you did one. I know Jake did one. A couple of other people did the five minute rad challenge. Why should we be worried that something else can do just as good a job as what quote unquote classics notes developers could have done back in, in 2005? Are we are we also afraid of, of coming out and having a conversation that Domino really is an application platform and kind of had email bolted on and but that's not how it's been sold.
0: Now I, I wish they would lo- they would come out and say that because I'm an application developer I don't really do email or infrastructure but uh, I guess they they know where they're their income is coming from. So I'm, I'm assuming that's a marketing decision.
1: Let, let me tell you this. I, I make a lot more money off selling CALs for email than I ever would selling utility servers, PVUs.
0: Well, that's because they cost a fortune.
1: <laughs> well, not at the end, not at the express level, right? At the express oh, level, true. it's still yeah. reasonably cheap, yep. but you know, it's not really, at least now, I don't think, I, I think it's, it's a bit of a non-scalable market for IBM to maybe make money on the app dev side of Domino. And I'm not sure how I would fix it if I were in their position. And if if my cash cow, which is the email side, is slowly going away, which, you know, you, you kind of got to... It's, it's either stagnant or it's dropping. It's not growing, in my opinion. And if that's the case, then where is IBM going to be able to fund the development of the XPages container et al if the cash cow is, is slowly going down the drain.
0: My, my hope is that uh, there is a, a market there in the EC2 stroke um, uh, um, application license model where uh, developers can effectively run up an instance of Domino to to host their application in the same way they would with a uh, Ruby on Rails server or any of those other competing smallish uh hosting solutions.
1: But doesn't that also mean I need a twenty four by seven by pretty robust broadband connection which rules out maybe eighty percent of the known world?
0: Well that's what your that's what you EC two is great. It's there. I mean, they're offering ninety-nine point nine 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 percent or something like that uptime, and you just pay for the bandwidth.
1: Well, not there. But what happens if I'm in Angola?
0: Oh, well, that—that's true. Yes, it. Yeah, you're right. But in terms of market existing markets that you can sell uh, web-based applications to, you're, you're talking about Europe, states, uh, Asia Pacific, which do have at least reasonable network connections.
3: Yeah. so guys we've, we've had a quick chat about x pages and we've had a quick chat about classic do you guys see development in one or the other of those environments as being we are doing x pages because we want to take something to the internet sorry web and are we doing notes classic because we still want to support a notes client so that when you're in upper angolia and you want to access your data on a flaky modem dial-up connection, then the Notes client is still the way to do it.
4: But you can run XPages in the Notes client. Not, I'm not sure if it's the f- most fully fleshed implementation of it yet, but it's 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 there. I mean, you can run, you know, the the XPages form from IBM uh, is running off an XPages template, and you can replicate that to the Notes client and run it as a uh, basically an X page inside the notes client and take advantage of of offline replication uh, just as well I, I think it goes a bit a bit deeper Matt, Matt yellow
1: um, I I've got customers who will come out and tell me point blank look we've we've invested hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars we've invested in rolling out the notes client worldwide and these organizations are 100,000 seat organizations literally worldwide and they're not going to change on a dime or in a point release or even in several releases to a different paradigm because they've got so many endpoints to touch on the flip side i also think there's a place for saying okay we have new functionality because of x pages that we've never had in the client before um you know, kind of pseudo-joining of, of, of data, displaying disparate data on the same page. God knows how many times have we all wanted to be able to do that. So there are use cases where I think X pages will, will start to creep into the notes client use. But I think for the time being, you know, you're still going to see a, a lot of organizations running off a notes client with a, what you know, the little workspace squares. And, and that's just the way it's going to be. And, you know, we've still got c- customers running... F- you know, R6, R7. So they're, they're, they're in no fit state to run X pages in the client because they can't. And then, you know, you've got you, you to always bring up that, you know, if you want to run X pages in the client, that's a not standard client. And even today, that, that's still a bit of a wait time between double-clicking and actually getting into the client.
3: Okay, so here's the, here's the next question then. I'm a really old notes guy. I mean, I can remember a product called InterNotes.
1: Can anyone remember <laughs> Me
0: that? too. Oh, yeah, well, I remember that. That's what I started on, yep.
3: All right, so we've got <laughs> our little InterNotes plugin running on our Lotus Notes server, and we sort of had a look at this technology, and at this point we're talking about mainly text-based web pages. Most of them were bulletin boards and university professors posting theses all over the place so there wasn't a lot of interesting content
1: is is, is, is that thesis with a th or with an f sorry <laughs> oh. <Better>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be my accent
3: um so we started taking information from inside domino and making it available to other clients Xpages is obviously the latest iteration of that technology, going from internodes, going into Domino, going into the Lotus Domino server, and now having stuff on Xpages. But my question to Dave and Matt White, how much development are you actually doing for the web, as opposed to doing development internally for notes applications exposed to internal employees?
0: I suspect I'm a little odd. I've not done a Notes client application since about 1996, um, so I, I've been web forever, and the I mean web, whether that be intranet or internet. Um, so I, I I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing any Notes client stuff, but that's because I suspect um, that's not what I'm hired to do, rather than it not existing.
4: Uh, in my last job, uh, we we did everything in the Notes client. There there was almost no web. And, and uh, about a year or so before I left, we had made the decision that 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 yeah I, I, we would have to start converting all the apps to basically use the web browser to get away from the Notes client. Um, and then there, was, there were some reasons behind that is is deployment of the client was was a pain. Um, we ran Citrix which, you know, the client takes up a fair amount of resources on there compared to, to the browser. And it was just the right thing for the company. It was for, for an intranet to start moving these apps to, to the web. Uh, at Zarnowski, we're, we're pretty much doing a very similar thing where, where we do have, especially in my world, we have this Notes client app, and, and we want to migrate that into a, a web app to, to gain more functionality in that. And and you know, I mean, quite honestly, everyone knows how to use a website for the most part. So there's there, there's it is a little easier I think to train, you know, web apps, you know, based th- than you know, than the full notes client which maybe you're using the workspace as your home page or maybe you're using, you know, the like some kind of portal kind of default page that it starts with. You know, it's just it's just kind of a little difficult to move around there without some training involved in that. Have you seen WebC Paul? No, I didn't mean WebSphere. I've never seen that. And I, I was really my,
1: my, my point is that not all websites are intrinsically easy to use.
4: True, but they know how to use the back button. and they know how to click on things. but but, but I'll give you that. Valid point. You you are correct. They, they know they know the the basic workings of a browser. How to go forwards yeah. and backwards, and not have to call support. When of course, yeah. and, and then the big thing is is when, when the browser, the web apps. One of the big things is is you can get new features without having to update the client. I mean, in client dev, I mean, again, we're not really getting new features for that design methodology right now. But but if we were. We'd have to upgrade the client around just to take, take advantage of these new features, where in browser and web dev, you know, as long as a server can support and you can render it and maybe do some tricks to make it compatible to your browser of choice or multiple browsers, you know, then it's there. So it's, there's, it's a lot easier, be, easier way to get to, to, to new features for your, for your applications.
1: I completely agree. I think the soft costs of a web app are very nice, compared to with a thick client application.
4: Correct. But you do lose some of the fidelity depending on the the amount of work you go to like, you know, especially before the with the extension library, you know, if you wanted to do, you know, shift selects and stuff like that, you know, that's not as as easy to do in in a web app as it is in the notes client. You know, so so the notes client is a richer experience than a web app, but the web app is becoming the more common experience because everyone's used to Gmail and and and, and dig and, and all these other websites out there. I mean that's just what their expectations are getting to be.
1: And I think I'm the only person on the planet that hates Gmail. The interface sucks.
4: You, no times
1: two. Okay. Good. Someone else. That's why we hired Matt White. Matt, Matt White. Matt yellow Matt Yellow, sorry. Um so so speaking of Matt White, so so you you have a lot of hats. And we know you do a fair do. amount of X pages. <laughs> Would so there's been a bit of a furrow a, a here because there's been a new book release, which we're going to talk about in a minute. This might be a good segue into that, which was, it's about um, IBM Lotus Domino, classic web application development techniques, which pretty much means everything before X pages. Yep. So in your world, do you jump backwards and forwards between what the book terms classic and what I would term, well, that's fair enough, classic, and then X pages? What, what percentage of your world is spent in each, or which percentage of your work is spent each world
0: um, it varies I mean at the moment I'm actually doing more classic than I am X pages uh, so I, one of my my main clients at the moment is running 704 so uh, I'm doing lots of uh, good old form and agent development um, and also with idea jam we we ship our template with both classic and X pages versions inside the same template and you just Toggle a, a radio button to decide which one you want to run. So I obviously do quite a lot of classic development there. Um, so there, there's still plenty of that going on. Um, and in fact, I, I, I did a Lotusphere session a couple of years ago about classic web development, sort of uh, all of the tips and tricks that you have to do to to get get it to do sort of modern um, web interfaces. And that that's really the the main difference in my view between XPages and Classic. That XPages stuff is a modern web interface out of the box you just drag and drop things uh, there's all the dialogue boxes and all that sort of thing you can absolutely do all, all of that in classic web development but you have to know an enormous number of hacks to be able to do it you you're turning design elements to do things that they were never intended to do <laughs> what you're using them for but it's a, it's a testament to the flexibility of the stuff that was written in the 90s that it actually works but um it's it, it's a little more painful.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you can absolutely touch your nose. You just might have to put your hand around your back and through your legs to do it.
0: Exactly, yeah, exactly.
1: Um, So I'm not sure if I've got an answer. It's
0: 50-50. I mean, it depends. At the moment, I'd say it's probably 60-40 towards classic. But uh, at other times, it can be 100% X pages. So it really depends on the customer at the time.
4: So, but, but you do an X Pages Classic because you have to, right? Because that's what the servers are. If given a choice, you're going to Oh, gonna do X I, X I
0: would always them. do X Pages because it's just there's just so much less pain involved.
4: Yeah. And th- that was
1: going to be my next question. And the question after that was going to be so the idea jam template chips with both code in there, are, are, they, are they functionally fidelity identical?
0: Not completely. Um, There's some things which we offer in X pages that we don't in classic and and vice versa, actually, uh, just because they're not required in X pages. But it's about 90% uh, identical. And in fact, over the last three months, depending on the day of the week that you've gone to ideajam.net, you might have been seeing X pages, you might have been seeing classic. You almost can't tell.
3: So if you can't tell... Or is there any great benefit to Um, someone who's got a classic environment, for want of a better phrase, investing the time to learn X pages and go through all their apps and change them?
0: um, I mean, we've spent, obviously, a lot of time making them look the same and that that's meant our Xpages development timescales are slightly longer than they would be in a normal uh, Xpages app the reason that we have the two is that we've got customers still running 6.5 so obviously Xpages isn't an option there um, and then we've got obviously customers who are running more modern versions and they want to take advantage of the, the scalability and that side of things of the Xpages side so we we try and cater for all, all comers really um, but Interestingly, we we found that some customers actually use the template on the XPages stuff to actually rip it apart and say, "Oh, so that's how we're meant to do it," and yet then use that as their their internal model for how they do their own XPages stuff after the fact. So they use it as a training tool as well as a tool internally as well.
1: Intriguing. <laughs> um. Okay, so let, let's wrap up this section because we've been rabbit on about this for a while. But but let me just ask each one individually. So, would would does does rad matter? And if it matters, is Domino still rad? So, Matt White.
0: Uh, I think rad, um, in the sense that it's being used in the Domino community, doesn't matter. No, I, th- I think um, it it's the the fact that we can get functional applications out the door not the fact that we can do them in in a week com- compared to two
1: weeks
4: mr david leedy well I, i'm not sure if i totally understand the, the the question but speed kills you know i mean to, to be able to get something out in the tools that that we know how to use and and provide a solution that's that's important now the solution if it's fast you know you get what you pay for so sometimes you do have to slow down and 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 not be as rapid to to make it more robust, but you got to get the solutions to the business and the speed that they're expecting expecting it. Matt Yellow.
3: I think rad is one of the best things about Domino, and a couple of times I've come unstuck because I've used a, let's call it a non-testing environment to make a really quick change to an (laughs) app because the customer has requested it. And that's one of the pitfalls that you've got in any RAD environment where you fall into the comfort zone that, hey, I know I can change this really quickly. If I change it and it breaks, I can just change it back. So if you're talking about methodology, then no, RAD really doesn't matter. And you should really have a testing environment.
1: So, so I guess the R stands for <laughs> <laughs> Hold on there, Haas. Um, for my take, you know, Domino's still the day. Someone can come to me, you know, I'm, I'm sometimes full-time at clients for an awful long time, and they can come to me and they can say, we just want something to catch data points. For example, an accident investigation form, which everyone's been filling out and sending around, and, and I can do something like that in, in, in 30 minutes to two hours. You know, if there's workflow, then it gets a bit hard, and one of my points here is that Domino is not really a workflow tool. It's got workflow elements built in, but it is not a workflow tool. But it is it is rapid to get the application developed. Does that mean it's going to be polished? No. And I think Mark Bennett touched on that very well in his blog post a few weeks ago about the Christchurch earthquake. So moving right along. Um, so the... the Lotusphere comes to you, the LCTYs that we either loved or you have loved for about the last four or five years seem to have officially departed this earth in in some continents and some countries around the world. Um, So Matt, I know Matt Yellow, you specifically were mentioning something on on Twitter or your blog a few weeks ago about this. So do you want to kind of give us your feelings on this?
3: Well, here in Australia for the last, uh, last year it got renamed. So it wasn't Lotosphere comes to you last year, it switched over to a name called collective intelligence and that name continued on this year, so it was called uh, collective intelligence and the tagline was addressing the nation's productivity deficit. And essentially, if they had have called it Lotosphere comes to you, then you would have been really disappointed. I, was actually talking to a couple of people at the events afterwards, and their perception was that it was a three-hour Connections sales fest rather than, you know, there's been this great event on the other side of the planet, and we're bringing you a summary of that event, and here are some of the highlights. So that appears to have gone. Um, In our market, getting rid of the Lotusphere comes to you name has also probably meant that dropping the word lotus although everything was a lovely shade of yellow um, makes it easier for ibm to include other products in their portfolio with that event how about you guys you're starting to get yours rolling out at the moment in the uk matt
0: uh yes, uh I got sent the email, but uh I'm I'm afraid I can't remember <laughs> what the dates were, but yeah, they're certainly happening in the next couple of months. Uh I think we've got 3 in the UK. And uh the, I've on, I've only ever been to the London ones, but they they're normally fairly significant affairs. I think they've been scaled back slightly this year to be on IBM sites rather than in central London in hotels. Um in terms of the content, I'm I'm not actually sure what they're what they're presenting yet. So whether they're still entirely Lotus focused or looking at other elements of the IBM suite, I don't know yet. So it will be interesting to see.
1: And in the UK, is it the IBM Social Roadshow or whatever it's called?
0: Yes, some something like that. Um,
1: yeah. It always reminds me of the old Radio One Roadshow. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Davis. For, for the English people who are listening. <laughs> <laughs> Live from a green pool, uh, I, I digress. <laughs> um, so in the U.S., at least down here, I'm not sure about where you are, Dave, but I, I don't think they've even started yet. I think the U.S. always seems to be a bit lackadaisical in, in getting the LCTYs actually up and going once Lotus 3 finished. And I always usually get a bit jealous because the French and the Germans have it like two hours after Lotus 3 is finished. You see when Lotus 3 comes to you is starting up. And we've got to wait like three and a half months um, now, having said that, is I, I was never a really big fan of, of LCTYs. In the past, STS has sponsored them. Um, I think the words over my dead body were mentioned once or twice, so someone trampled over me to do that. But there were always, at least in the U- US, that they're always a bit too salesy, like Matt, Matt had indicated, that, look, this is our great shiny thing this year, UC squared, same time, uni- uni- unified telephony, all that crap, right? Look, let, this is this is what we're going to show you: click to call, drag to call. None of the stuff that partners could actually sell, let alone IBM sales reps. So I've always been a bit reticent about it. So it's going to be interesting to see what what this IBM social roadshow or social calibration roadshow, whatever it's actually called, actually turns into.
4: Well, well, I I'm, I have the website up here: the Get Social Do Business. Uh, it looks like they start in Columbus on April fourth, so they're running from April. Fourth to May 24th doing a city tour, Um, and I'm looking at the agenda, and I don't don't know what it even means. Um, uh, (laughs) A a day in the life, exceptional work experience, exceptional web experience, and a day in the life collaborating the cloud. So again, I'm a customer, so uh, I don't know what that means. It's really not on my radar. Uh, what's more on my radar is, is you know, the, the various lugs that, that are in, in the the community.
1: And
3: and I think
4: Dave, that, that sounds like in
3: Australia we actually had two streams. So we did actually have a show and tell stream, which included guys like you, David White, uh, David Leedy, a customer, actually demonstrating how they used the technology. So I've got to say that those of those tracks within the collective intelligence stream were actually interesting and I did find that side of the event a really good experience to see what other people are actually doing with the technology
4: and it may be and, and I didn't mean to, to, to be down on it so, but just from the description of the agenda here uh, I, I'm not sure if I could take that to my boss and say I should go to this it's like well why I'd like <laughs> it should be maybe from last year or something like that just to kind of flush out what what they're going to be talking about
1: That's right he's going to say to you I think you should experience a day of, a day in the life at your desk Yes <laughs> And and I think that's the big you know the only thing I fear when they change the name is is they're gonna lose a lot of people because all of a sudden the nomenclature's changed, and the manager's not automatically gonna say, "Oh, you know what? I didn't have a seven grand to send you a Louis for you, but I have zero dollars to send you LCTY, right?" They'll ship them all off and let them go. But when you name something differently and you kind of change your audience, which it looks like they're trying to get to the business audience and not the technical audience, you know, you, you might end up, you know, having the 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 spectators who come to watch the, the dog and pony shows.
0: And, and I think they may be going for the business audience because the, the Lugs have got the technical audience sewn up. They're, there's no need to do that because we, we do that for them, basically.
1: Uh, we do, for free as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, well, there's,
3: there's a good question. So, if the Lugs, uh, by that Matt White, y- are you suggesting Lotus User Group? Because haven't, haven't there been a few name changes recently?
0: Well, that, that that would be an interesting challenge as to what we what we end up calling ourselves, <laughs> if if and when a rename happens. That would um, be uh, fun.
1: It'll be the acronym. will be Mug. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you read into that. What you thought what I'm saying. <laughs> um, okay, so continuing on. Uh, I, I mentioned this earlier in the podcast we we, we have a, a, a new book um, I'm always up for, for pimping the books, uh, no one from Packet mentioned this, I didn't even see it until uh, Ben, whose name I shall crucify Landrix <laughs> had, had posted about on his blog and it, it kind of set off the whole, you know, why do we need a classic book isn't that dead uh, and and I'm of the opinion that I don't think it's dead, 98% of the domino sites out there are, are, what the book would term classic. So it's it's a bit like saying COBOL's dead. Well, not really. You, you know, 50 to 70% of the world's business code is still COBOL. So you still need books for what I guess would be termed, and I hate the term, but legacy. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to see it. I, I think it's a good idea. I might actually buy it because I haven't done much you know, traditional Domino web development for a long time. So I wouldn't even know where to find the pass-through HTML books anymore. <laughs> so does anyone have any thoughts on this? Should 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 Xpages be the only tool in your
4: chest? I, no? I, I'm i going to buy this book, um, even though I'm not really ever going to develop in this, just because I'm kind of curious about all the hacks that, that I just don't know about, because I was never a classic Domino development. If you're not on a server that can do Xpages... Yeah, I, I
0: think... More more Domino books, better.
4: Yeah, exactly. If, if if you can't run X pages, then then X pages classic Domino development still works if you know how to do it. There's there is just more pain, and, and Matt, you can speak to this better. There's more pain involved in doing it. Is that right?
0: Yeah, exactly. I yeah. mean, you you can absolutely do everything, but you you just need to know um, a lot more <laughs> to do it.
3: Um, But but here's here's the nice thing about knowing how to do it. Over the years, I've built up a lovely little web database that's got a lot of the hacks that I use in nearly every Domino app that I ever build. So a little bit like building your own custom control in an X page where you include it in your library and then drag and drop it. Going over to my here is stuff that works on the web database and doing a copy and paste into the current app, it's not a lot different from dragging in a custom control.
0: Yeah. And in terms of the stuff that you learn when, when you're learning all of those hacks, you, you find out about the internals of the, uh, the NSF um, and you learn a lot about um, how web development works, that you need to know the nuts and bolts of the JavaScript of, of uh, data formats that you're gonna be sending out and receiving and that sort of thing. So you learn an enormous amount from that side of things.
3: And Absolutely. I, I believe that if, if you're going to learn application development and you're going to learn it with Domino, if you're following that stream of, okay, before we get into the cool stuff, you have to have a view and you have to have a form and someone's sitting back and going, well, hang on, why aren't I just using X pages to develop this thing? If you've got no concept of the underlying architecture, then you can find yourself in a hole in X pages just as quickly as you can with any other technology.
1: The the million dollar question here is how long is it going to be tied to a form and to a view.
3: Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> the next question. And for that matter Darren and this is one thing that you can see coming a mile off, how long is it going to be tied to an NSF
4: uh, well, everyone likes options, so so it'd be great to have uh, some some better options of getting into you know some uh, different backends, uh, DB2 or something like that. Uh, I just posted a blog today of somebody who who wants to integrate XPages with with Postgres um, for calendar and scheduling or so. I don't know how to do it. I know it can be done with LEI or JDBC or maybe Java or something else that's clever. Um, but It would be nice to get that a little more native, and then you. Can, just have more choices
1: yeah LEI is an expensive way to shift the data to Postgres
3: and uh, don't, a, don't forget that Domino does ship with a tiny little product that started life as notes pump which has been called Dex or Domino Enterprise Connection Services for a number of years so here's my tip for the week Darren Domino Enterprise Connection Services this stuff just works all you've got to do is create a data connection resource and, and a driver on the operating system. And Domino can pretty much talk to anything without outlying a hell of a lot of money.
1: Yep. Um, so that's the book. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go buy it. Just because, well, I'm, I'm a glutton for books that have the word Domino in it. <laughs> um, in, in other news, uh, SugarCon is this week which i find a, ph- a phenomenal name sugarcon it just kind of makes you wonder what the con you're out of um i've always been a fan of, of sugar crm uh, i've got a couple of clients who use the free stuff i've got a couple of clients that use the paid stuff and i was pretty well shocked to see that they've bought i extensions from i enterprises uh, i just a. Disclosure, I actually know John Carini from iEnterprises. I haven't talked about this. So I don't know what the back end is on any of this. Um, but I, I was kind of shocked to say that they, they, CRM, walked out and bought what looks to be a Domino CRM product based on an NSF. And for the life of me, I honestly can't work out why. So can anyone here enlighten me?
4: Mm, no. <laughs> uh, no. I don't know anything about it. Crickets. I
0: the theory is that um, sugar wanting to move up in they're, they're associated with smaller businesses and they want to move up into more enterprise and they think partnering with ibm is is a good thing to do um, i I can see from ibm's point of view it's it's good to have someone in the smaller end uh, who's uh, sort of more compatible with their with their product that's no bad thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I remember a time, and someone tweeted about this, I think it was uh, Bill Dodge the other day was tweeting to me about it, if it's, I can remember back at Loisphere where every other booth was a CRM vendor. Yeah. And, you know, there's still some pretty good CRM out there, out there. you know, iExtension, um, a couple of others that I'm losing my train right now, uh, Sales Place, which I think is owned by Group now, and someone that begins with A, but I can't remember the name. Um but I, I was shocked, and you know, you, you go read the verbiage, and it's there's a lot of the word "social" in there. There's <laughs> a lot of the word "activity streams," which, you know, I think is now the, the phrase de jour, the throw around to show that we're a modern, hip development organization. And I, I think a lot of people have a different opinion of what an activity stream is. I, when I see activity stream, I think Vulcan. I went and clicked on the link um, inside of Sugar's press release and it just goes to a page that says activity streams linking disparate social media streams which was a bit <laughs> weird so you know good good for sugar you know i'm, I'm sure i extension uh, and i enterprises made out like uh well well off on the on this deal so, so so kudos to them and it'd be interesting to see what sugar do with this in the future um mo- moving on so we, we, I, I personally, and I try to keep my personal or professional life out of the podcast, but there was a bit of a Twitter battle going on this week where IBM released a hot fix for iNotes to work in Firefox 4. And it was specifically targeted at a specific version with a specific fix pack, in this case, 8.5.2, fix pack 2. And uh, there are a few customers who are on 8.5.1 that aren't specifically happy about this. And, and my point was, how did IBM not see this coming? Are they not testing beta releases of IE9, of Firefox, of, of, of Safari? And, and just a modicum of testing and a release of a tech note saying this is not going to work. Could this not solve a lot of the PR issues that IBM have inside of the yellow submarine? Anybody?
4: Are wait? Are, are, are you saying that they they put out a fix for Firefox four for iNotes for eight five two, but not eight five one?
1: Correct. Eight five two fix pack two.
4: At that, it has to be on fix pack two to get the whole fix. Eight five one is still a supported product, isn't it? You would think. Or eight five yeah eight five one. It is. That's that's nuts. Um, I mean yeah that, yeah I mean they got to make their stuff work. They can't force upgrades, like that, just because you know. Of the browser now, whether or not they knew it ahead of time, you know, I mean, there's a lot of browsers out there. But the fact is, okay, it's production. You know, companies are going to go to that for some of the, you know, the the HTML5 goodness, and for whatever reasons, you know, if you if you don't want iNotes to work with that and a shipping product, that that's not that's not a good thing, I don't think.
1: And and am I smoking crack thinking that you know IBM has the pockets? To hire QAs and testers to know that these other browser manufacturers, be it Microsoft, be it Mozilla, be it Apple, be it Google, am, am I insane in thinking that IBM could employ someone to test future functionality with the current set? Am, am I just out of my mind here and not seeing any value on the support channel of this? Matt, do you
4: test Idea Jam with multiple browsers?
0: We do. We um... I I can sort of see the, the issue here. It's it's really expensive to test in a new browser. Um even for something as simple as Idea Jam, we we support um IE seven, eight, Firefox three, uh, Safari. Um we don't support Opera, we're trying to drop support for IE six. And just the number of um iterations of the test cycle that we have to go through to make sure that everything is working properly. Um, admittedly we're a small company and it, it's harder for us to do this sort of thing but it takes an enormous amount of time really, really serious amount of testing to get these things done properly uh, so I can sort of see why it doesn't didn't happen but I sus- I suspect in this case there's there's no real excuse not knowing about Firefox coming out
1: and, and that's really my point, my point is I'm not expecting a fix Day 1, I'm not expecting to work Day 1 but, but surely with a support organization IBM has, to be able to issue a tech note the day Firefox 4 is released and say, look, it's not going to work, we're planning on supporting it, but get out ahead of the quote unquote, I think this was my word, the shitstorm that they manage to dig themselves into every time something like this happens. Now, I'm, I'm also on the fence here, with, I'm, I'm with David, I think they have to support A5.1. I think that customers pay a lot of money. A lot of good money for support, and they don't pay a lot of money for excuses. And so,
3: d- Darren, going going back a step, where our conversation earlier was about what do IBM consider a customer, and you guys were talking about iterations and release cycles. Are IBM actually expecting their 20,000 user sites to have been able to upgrade Firefox
1: for this week? Well, that's that's a valid question, but as the move towards the cloudification of the entire world continues at an unabated pace,
4: are IBM going to be able to control that? But, but this is web mail. I mean, in this world, I mean, the, 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 the Typical user has a little more control over IT because they might be accessing from the home computer. They might be accessing from their computer, their their corporate computer. I mean, that's what webmail is for to, to access <laughs> yes. multiple locations. They might be in Kinkos or or whatever it's <laughs> called today or, or, or something like that. They might be on a phone. Um, so, I mean, it's it's not the same thing as as saying you've got complete corporate control over who's going to access this this application from a browser because that's just not the reality of the situation. And a lot of customers I think moved and it, might just be completing uh, an installation of 851. Um, so they're not going to just turn around and then upgrade all their servers 852 you, you know just because uh, Firefox 4 comes out. So now now they've got this pain that they have to deal with which puts domino in, in a bad light.
1: I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Now um, so we're we're quickly coming towards the end of time. I just want to touch on two quick things. Um, I mentioned about the, the cloudification of the entire world at an unabated pace. Um, this week, Google got hammered in the press for some rather radical slowdowns on on, on Gmail. Uh, some people were reporting, you know, thirty, forty, fifty seconds just to open an email or create an email. And and is this the price we we have to pay? for the cloud. Are we now at the point where we have to get whatever we're given and and be happy with it? Or do we need to come up with maybe, and this is more joking than anything else, do we need to come up with a nomenclature for the speed of the service? Like maybe there's tiered Lotus Live Tornado, so you're guaranteed always to get it within five seconds. (laughs) Or maybe Gmail Cyclone, right? But it's, hey, yeah, always five seconds response time. Is, Is this just the world we live in? is the expectation that Google is going to be allowed to do this and as as Google usually gets aware of it, would would, would the likes of IBM and BPOS be held with the same account? I mean Matt, Matt White, you're an ISV. If if your if your sites were taking thirty, fifty seconds to render, I'm pretty sure that would be a support nightmare, right?
0: Absolutely. We'd have some very unhappy customers. But I've I've gotta say actually I, I wasn't aware of this until until I saw the the document for for this podcast. And I use gmail google apps for my for your domain as as my main mail host and i've not seen any slowing down at all and i have an enormous mail file (laughs) of like 15 gig or something out out in the cloud that's been running for years and years and i've in in all of those years i've had i think um 12 hours downtime
1: oh that's Um, that's pretty good
0: and so i mean i i see that point that uh that if people are having issues then there's obviously a problem but i i haven't seen that problem which i guess is the the flip side that uh the the cloud is is not just one big cloud it's lots of little clouds joined together
1: <laughs> it's it's an amorphous web yes yes um anybody else see any slowdowns i don't use gmail so i couldn't tell you
4: I use it if, if, if for, for for my one of my personal domains that my father's on. If if he would have seen a slowdown, I would have heard it. <laughs> um, so 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 maybe maybe it was it was localized or so. But Gmail and Google's always had double standards. You know, I mean from from the user various user communities. You know, if Notes goes down, it's the end of the world. If if Gmail goes down, oh, they're working on it. You know, so be patient there because they know about it. They must be working on it, it's like like the cable company, or the electric company, or so. And it's not been fair, but that's just just the way it is.
1: Right? Don't don't worry about it. There's a little red square in that checkbox.
4: Yeah, yeah.
1: That might be the that might be the golden rule. Or at least tell people, right? I will say this for Google is, you know, they 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 may not update the page every twelve hours, but at least the page is there telling you it's broken. Um, Lastly, this is just a quick one, because I'm sure we'll cover this when Mr. Connections Stuart McIntyre himself comes back, but Connections 301 was officially released this week. A couple of notable things. One is the Lotus name has dropped. Uh, We mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. Uh, It's now IBM Connections, sans Lotus, so no more IBM Lotus Connections. Uh, One of the things interesting, especially, I believe, for Matt White, who's who's on the call today, is the the addition of... (laughs) My my worst word ever that I still can't say, ideation blocks. Um, I think this may well be a hat tip to the El Guji guy. <laughs> do,
0: do, do, you, do you think so? <laughs> yeah,
1: you, you guys did such a good job. We're going to blatantly rip off your idea and add it to a product. What I will say is it's a kind of brutal implementation. They need to really look at something else. Uh, I said this last week. It took me a good few minutes to figure out how to vote.
0: Yeah, it's it's a cheap shot, but I I logged into the greenhouse and it did actually take me five minutes to actually find how to get to an ideation block, <laughs> let alone vote on it. So I yeah, it's it's an in, it's interesting that they think they need to support that sort of thing. Uh, I'm not sure uh, from the Elguji world that we're especially worried at the moment, but uh, we'll certainly keep an eye on them.
1: Well, the good news for you guys is you, you can run on one server. It'll take 17 <laughs> servers to implement this. yeah that was a cheap shot yeah i know i know connections can put on two boxes i know so matt newman what do you think about this
3: um the actual dropping of the lotus name look it really hasn't ever been a lotus product it's not something that those of us who eat sleep breathe think dream bleed and wear yellow have truly embraced as our product and part of the community i mean you you don't see a lot of connections, blog posts, uh, sorry, let's exclude Stuart McIntyre on <laughs> Planet Lotus. Um, so I, d- I don't think that dropping the Lotus name in this particular instance is going to have any effect whatsoever on the sales of connections or any effect whatsoever on how IBM promote connections.
1: I agree. Mr. Leedy, anything to add, or do you want to abstain from this one? I know nothing about connections. Yeah, Good, good, good for you. <laughs> I, would
3: like to, I would like to throw in, Darren, though, that if we see that word Lotus disappear from a couple of other products, maybe the... I mean, Lotus jumped in with the end-user-facing products we're going to call Lotus, mm-hmm. so lotus notes is end user facing lotus symphony is end user facing lotus same time is user facing now we've got this user facing web portal so let's throw it in underneath the lotus brand to go along with all that i wonder what's going to happen with the other user facing products and whether or not their name will be changed very shortly
1: the rumor was same time is getting changed but i don't know if that ever happened i didn't haven't seen anything about that yet
3: so, what happens to this little event in Orlando next year? Uh,
1: so
3: one product that's carrying the. Well, if there are any products that are carrying the
1: Lotus brand. That remains to be seen. Is it, Will it be called Lotusphere 12 or will it be called the permanent version of the IBM Social Roadshow?
3: Social Sphere 2011.
1: Or Collabosphere.
3: Oh, that. Mate, that that makes my oh that that's a fingernail on a blackboard. That would be like calling notes something stupid like IBM Mail. <laughs>
0: Darren, I think this. I think you missed your calling as a product naming specialist
1: for IBM. Oh hey, you know what? I, I could do this with my eyes closed. I could come up with completely useless names like the rest, best of them. <laughs> I, mean, I, I still think Tivoli is origami. I think it's, it's, you make a Tivoli out of a piece of paper and it's like a little rose or something like that. I'm pretty sure that's what that is. But anyway, enough of my rambling. Um, Continuing kind of on the, on the, on the theme of making names up. This week I, I started on Twitter saying, if, if Lotus are dropping the names from all the products, that we, we may jokingly, not, not for real, but we may be looking to rename the podcast from This Week in Lotus to This Week in something else. Uh, and and so as we go around and, and close out and do our tips, I've, I've asked each of the guests uh, to maybe add their, their two cents to the this week in blank. Um, and if you if you want to go see what everyone added if, on Twitter, just search for this week in Lawrence You should see a few. Some of them were quite funny, um, particularly Per Per Lowstrom who said just just change the podcast from talking about IT to talking about cars and leave it named This Week in Lotus. <laughs> so Matt Newman, next week we might be talking about cars. I, I, I particularly like the SP Turbo of your lands. Uh, so we'll, we'll go around the table one more time, uh, a, a tip, and you're This Week in whatever. Um,
4: so Mr. David Leedy, do you want to go first? What's your tip? Uh, sure. My tip is is to pay attention to and try and get to the free lugs. Uh, the the Pacific Lug is coming up in America, the UK Lug, uh, the summer lugs of IM Lug and MW Lug, and and they're all around the world. There is just B Lug and, and, and probably Aussie Lug. I, I don't know, but but they're everywhere, and 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 they're great events, and they're they're well run, and, and typically they're they're free.
1: I I completely agree, and and they are worldwide. I'm actually going to UK Lug. Um, I think isn't Matt Yellow going?
3: Matt Yellow is coming to UK Log.
1: So we're coming from all corners of the world to descend on Manchester because it's such a famed history and science place, right? <laughs> uh,
3: well, my wife's from that local area, so as soon as she heard the phrase Lotus Conference and home in exactly the same sentence, uh, I think she was pretty much booking the
1: flights. Ah, okay, that that explains it. Um, and I believe, for at least for UK the speaker acceptances or denials are coming out, right, Mister Matt White?
0: They are. Um, I believe the admins and management tracks went out yesterday. I was a little tardy, and the development ones went out today. Um, there's, there's, we're still arguing over, over the last few spots, so there there may there's still a couple more to go out. I think, but most people know at this point whether they're speaking or not.
1: And I am so relieved that I don't have a session to fret over. <laughs> <laughs> i i can yes. just come hang out and i can even heckle in lisa's session because she was approved for a session i believe
0: i yeah i think she is yeah, yeah with, so with, uh, with Stuart, isn't it? yes
1: i think stewart's doing every session right isn't this, <laughs> this, this Yes, yeah, that
0: was that was part of the deal
1: <laughs> you can look with stewart mcintyre <laughs> um, so yeah dave i think you're exactly right uh pack look is the lotus user group one in las vegas that just was announced right
4: correct yes
1: um, and then we got the big ones up in the Midwest, like you said, I Am Log and MW Log. I'll hopefully get them one of these this year. Uh, it's just been one of them years, the last, the last thing. So,
4: David, this week in X. Well, my 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 straight answer was this week in collaboration. Um, but uh, quite honestly, I think you should name it. Stuart translates the world according to Darren. Um, <laughs> you know, just just go with what you do.
1: <laughs> Stuart says. Excellent. And then moves on when Darren spooks crap. That may be right. you better one. I actually like that one. That's a good one. Um, excellent. Um, so how uh, how would people get a hold of you on Twitter, blog, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera?
4: Well, I'm, uh, I can be found found on Twitter at, at, at David Leedy. Um, I blog at notes9.com. Uh, I've got my information and in all my screencasts. And, and I did just want to mention that that I am about to start a new screencast series of Four or more shows, where I'm going to actually just build an X Pages app from start to finish. So, kind of start with with the, the rad concepts and, and just kind of see how far I, I can go with it and keep it interesting. I need so,
1: a CRM. Can you build that?
4: Well, it's it's it, it, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to do uh, I think uh, like a vendor database, which really is, is very similar to a customer database, which is really similar to a CRM. Um, so that's uh, going to be the the shell that, that I'm going to work with. So and then you're going to put it on Open NTF, right? That's correct.
1: Excellent. Excellent stuff. Well done. Okay. Um, Mr. Matt White, tip, please.
0: Uh, okay. My, my tip is uh, an Open NTF project, which I don't think's had enough coverage. It was actually released last year, uh, written by uh, Phil Riont, who works on the XPages team, I think. Um, and it's called the XPages Toolbox. And what it does is basically let you performance profile your XPages applications right down to the code block level. So you can actually see in real time, uh, how fast or slow your code is executing on the server, so that you can track down those those niggly little performance issues and see what happening what's happening on processor and memory usage. It's a really really useful tool in your development and test environments. Um, that I don't think's had enough coverage, so that would be my tip.
1: I, I agree. I remember we on I was on a design partner call where they went into this, but I don't ever recall seeing anything after that so uh xcast people uh that might be a good one
0: yeah definitely yeah i'll
4: oh, mention i'll mention that to the team um and this week in
0: so the first thing that came to mind was This Week in Denial, but, <laughs> and you, you can read into that what you will, and then I, I mentioned it on, on our LDC <laughs> Skype chat, and Ben Poole suggested that, we, that you call it This Week in, and then the Prince Squiggly Symbol thing from when he changed his name to oh, just to- be Symbol.
1: Tora Tora, right? Yeah, or, or, or whatever, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll just call it Tora Bora. We'll, we'll go for the Afghani channel. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, this week in <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure, quite sure what to read into that one. I'll have to go and think about that one for, for, for a while. So how would people find you in the wibbly-wobbly webosphere?
0: Um, you've got uh, my blog, which I rarely post out these days, is mattwhite.me, um, uh, xpages101.net for video training about xpages, and I'm at mattwhite on Twitter.
1: Well, thank you. For participating and finally, we have Mr. Matt Newman.
3: Uh, you can well had my tip this week. You guys have mentioned Lotus user groups all over the world, and I would like to announce that we have a committee, we have dates, we have a venue for Oslug 2011. So yes guys finally there is going to be a large Lotus event in Australia. Um, a as in a in Apple, US LuG that's on Twitter. Uh, go to oslug.org on the internet and have a look at Oslug in or the Australian Lotus user group on LinkedIn so we're all over the place and within the next couple of weeks we will be doing things like formally announcing our dates and our venues so watch out for the biggest lotus user group to come down under since fusion
1: nice congratulations uh any hints on the city
3: uh it will probably be in australia's largest city on the eastern seaboard with a great big bridge that looks
1: like a coat hanger (laughs) So, so, so wardrobe, wardrobe Australia. Yeah, something like that. Well, congratulations on that. I, I would love to come, but being American, kind of, I, I would pretty much destroy my entire vacation just flying there. And back. Hey, get Lisa
3: to sell that iPad that she uh, picked up at Lotus. Street. Yeah,
1: really. That, yeah, She can just go to the airport and sell it to Stuart on the way back through. That's it. Um, and how would our devoted followers find you? Uh, Matt Newman with one
3: T, so M-A-T-N-E-W-M-A-N, so if you web mattnewman.com if you Twitter at Matt Newman, if you Skype Matt Newman, you'll get me, I'm pretty easy to get hold of.
1: And this week in blank? That's really hard.
3: I'd like to say that I, you know, it'd be cool if it was this week in Lotus, but This weekend, social computing with
1: collaborative
3: overtones.
1: (laughs) That's that's a long one. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure we'd get the Twitter hashtag in 140 characters for that one. Uh,
3: I was just going with the new product names, mate. If you uh, saw the new UC offering, I think it's a 20-word name to describe a product.
1: Oh, nice! Like 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 telephone. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Okay. Well, again, thanks, Matt, for, for, for coming on. Uh, we'll, we'll, Matt will be on again next week. And for me, I, I have been pressured to give this tip out. I'm notoriously bad at tips, so I'm not, I'm not worried about being pressured to give one out. But this this comes from Lisa, and she wants me to pimp her new podcast, the Get Social, Do Business podcast. Uh, we're a tad myopic in, in, in the yellow submarine that we all live in, and I think Lisa's podcast is a good escape valve beyond the trials and tribulations of, should we call it classic development or not? And she talks to a lot of people that you, you've never heard of because it's not inside of the yellow bubble, which I think gets us a, a, a bit of a a a bit of a wider view of the social world in general. So that's going to be linked in the show notes. It's on iTunes. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I'd be surprised if it's weekly. I think it's maybe bi-weekly or, or whatever she's trying to do, but it's actually a pretty good podcast. Um, and for me... This week in cloudfuscation, it's a bit of cloud and it's a bit of obfuscation and we don't really know where stuff is. Um, so I have coined my own phrase, cloudfuscation, which came from someone else's tweet. I think it was Lisa's tweet where she said cloud obfuscation and I just kind of obfuscated that phrase all by itself. Um, so that's that's my thing. Uh, I'm not sure we could use Twic, though. I would be okay, Twick. I guess we could do that. Um, <laughs> So anyway, that's it for this week. As usual, we ran brutally long, but this was a very good conversation from three very interesting and intriguing and knowledgeable people around the community. So I'm sure everyone has listened up to this point. My name is Darren Duke, uh, blog.darrenduke.net for all things technical, and Darren Duke, all one word on Twitter, for my 140 character rants. And we will see you next week.
2: All opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the participants only and do not necessarily represent those of their employer. This Week in Lotus is sponsored by Audible, the destination for the widest selection of digital audiobooks available worldwide. Want to be well-read like Duffer, but just can't spare the time to read books on paper? Take an audiobook on your commute or whilst walking instead. We've got a special offer for you. Download and listen to a best-selling book every month for just $7.49 a month for the first three months, and you can cancel at any time. Pick from over 85,000 audiobooks from business to classics to sci-fi or comedy. Go to thisweekinlotus.com slash audible for all the details. (laughs)